Be part of an innovative fine arts community immersed in a top research university. Carnegie Mellon University's School of Music's world-class vocal department constantly works at the cutting edge of musical art forms. CMU performance faculty are creating projects that leverage musicians' skill sets in unique and applicable ways. Students are challenged to think outside the box as they engage with non-traditional performance spaces, collaboration with electronics, and improvisation, alongside a robust program of traditional studies, languages, recitals, and operas. To learn more about Carnegie Mellon University and to apply, visit the link in the show notes of this episode. This is So Lit Song Lit, a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative, where we reimagine the repertoire by introducing less familiar art songs through sound clips and lively discussion. I'm vocal coach Ellen Rissinger. And I'm soprano Tony Marie Palmertree. Join us as we explore this exciting repertoire. So Lit, So Lit, reimagining the repertoire. Episode 10. So we're rounding out the first half of the season. Mm. And because of that, we wanted to do something special and talk about duets. Yes. So in general, as a singer, what do you feel like you get out of singing a duet that doesn't happen as a soloist? Oh, just that collaboration with another musician who's also singing words. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to just the piano. Exactly. Working with a, you know... Piano or string quartet, I mean, that obviously has its own set of skills that you need to learn how to do and, and enjoy. But certainly singing with another singer who's also singing words and could be different words from you at the same time uh-huh. <laughs> brings its own set of joys and challenges. But if it is the same text, mm-hmm. then I think the challenge is getting all of the language to line up. Exactly. Being together vowels being the same mm-hmm. yeah there's there's so many things that present itself when you sing with another human being and I think what's really special about what we are going to talk about is that we're going to talk about duets between soprano and baritone exactly because when we think about all the opera duets that everybody puts on every gala evening <laughs> we have the Domepe mm-hmm. from from Lacme, mm-hmm. so that's soprano mezzo. Mm-hmm. We have the Pearl Fishers, which is tenor baritone. Yeah. We have a whole lot of tenor tenor soprano duets from every style and every time period in every opera <laughs> ever. <laughs> Unless it's a Marschner piece, because then he likes baritones, but everybody else hates the baritone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And I think too in what I really like that you'll see in these sets of duets is how closely tied the voices are. Um, there are some sort of call and response and interweavings of things, but they're very closely harmonically tied together, which is just why you know some of the most famous opera uh, duets are people's favorites because of that tight harmony. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm very disappointed sometimes when we get duets that's just, the soprano sings, then the tenor sings, and the soprano sings, and then the tenor sings. But these are very closely knit together, so it's so satisfying. Yeah. These were really singing together. And we're going to start off by talking about Peter Cornelius, who people may never have heard of. Mm-hmm. He was not just a composer. He was also a poet, a critic. He did all kinds of different things. But 
I, I discovered him in graduate school. I did his song cycle on Berta. I believe Berta was his wife. I may, may be making that up, mm. but they're all like, they're, brought, they're, they're songs that he would write, that you would write to the woman you are marrying. Mm. So there's one about in Shine, and it's it's about the first night after the marriage. Ooh. It's the night of consummation, shall we say. Okay. So it's it was very beautiful. It's very romantic music. He has two operas. The one is the the Barber of Baghdad. I liked I liked a joke about the Barber of Seville and the Barber of Baghdad, that little known opera, the Barber of Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that there is a connection between Cornelius and Dusseldorf, but I can't find it. Mm. The only reason I believe this is because behind the opera house in Dusseldorf, there is a statue of Cornelius. Hmm. And I don't know why. Hmm. So somehow it's there. But in any case, he writes very romantic, very mid-1800s, mid-19th century romantic music. Hmm. So if you've ever done... the Schumann has several... Soprano baritone duets. I think the one that I've played the most was Zulvadi Zonnescheinet. Mm. And that seemed to be the only one that I ever got to play for anybody. So that's the only one that the title stuck. But Cornelius has two different cycles of four duets for soprano and baritone. Yes, cycles. Cycles. Like, let that sit in. (laughs) Right? So there are eight songs at least. There may be more. That was just the rabbit hole I went down one night. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful gorgeous and they're so uh, as tony was saying like they're together the soprano and the baritone are singing together in harmony with what's the word i'm looking for as you cannot see my hands as i make <laughs> counterpoint with my hands that's the word i'm looking for counterpoint yes <laughs> and they're they're so much in counterpoint with each other so even when the song is fast each has a very satisfying vocal line to themselves. Oh, yes, exactly. There's a few lines where the baritone gets a line that I'm like, oh, man, I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the one we're going to point out today is called Brennen de Liebe, which means burning love. Burning love. <laughs> <laughs> and really what I love about this is when you get to say the words Brennen de Liebe, yeah. you can take your time and roll the R and Brennen, and you can double the N, even though we don't really do do that in German as much as we do in Italian, and this song really lends itself to oh. doubling that consonant. It definitely works, especially the way he notates it. As we were planning out this episode, And when I say as, I mean literally we had just picked songs for this episode and the advertisement crossed both of our Facebook feeds. Oh, yes. (laughs) That this book, Joys Abiding, an annotated anthology, soprano and baritone duets by historical women composers, came out. Yes, women composers. Exactly. So this is edited by Chuck Dillard, Dana Zenobi, and Oliver Worthington. And it came out from Classical Vocal Reprints, which is where you can buy that. So, of course, we had to have it, and we had to redo the entire episode. (laughs) Redo the entire plan for the episode. But it's so worth it. It is so worth it. There's some really, really special songs in here. And actually, there's, there's one in here that's a duet that... I was surprised because I've done it as a solo piece too. Hmm. I, I think that's it's really interesting in this book because you have 
duets that are also a cappella. Yes. So if we look at the Fanny Hensel, for example, Fanny Hensel, remember, is Felix Mendelssohn's sister. Hmm. Um, she has two two a cappella duets in here. And honestly, I think these would be as good with soprano mezzo as well. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, a cappella, first of all, is super cool. We don't often get it in a recital situation. No. How memorable would that be? Right? Yeah, I think if you could program duets into your recital or make a whole recital of duets, that would really be a defining moment to do an a cappella duet. Exactly. So cool. And sometimes the the simplicity of a duet like that can can really pull the audience into you. Mm-hmm. The second one in the book, Die Mitternacht war kalt und stumm, after an entire page of singing together and these these really nice chords, then we actually get a little melisma where they end up singing in counterpoint again with each other. Mm. The end of the first verse actually ends on this crunchy little second, mm. which is feels very unusual very. at the time. And especially highlighted because it's a cappella. Exactly. <laughs> Viardo is probably one of the most famous female composers at this point. We just had a big Viardo year. A lot of companies and a lot of schools did the her Cendrillon, her, her um, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. What I love is that she composed in so many different languages. Mm, yeah, she spoke everything, and she even has uh, some things in Russian, which is very very cool. But the Abanera. Habanera, however you want to pronounce this word, if you want to say the H or not, because I'm an American. Um, (laughs) This one, I played this for someone as a solo piece, but in this book it's written as a duet. And again, both lines are written in treble clef, so I think you could also do this as a soprano mezzo duet, Mm -hmm. as well as a soprano baritone. This one is in Spanish. This is also written with text in French. So you could pick a language find the other version and put the French into this. And what I really like about this is that it's a theme in variations. So you have this lovely, melodic, legato, almost a Barcarolle, oh, yeah. I would say. It's very relaxing. It, it, the, the underpinning is a habanera. It's yeah. not as bitey, I would say, as some of the other ones, yeah. some of the other habaneras. Yeah, it doesn't have the angles. Exactly. Yeah. And when you get into the variations, in the main theme, it's a lot of eighth notes with a few sixteenth notes. When you get into the first variation, it's all sixteenth notes. So mm-hmm. suddenly you get a little more chromaticism. So you get a little bit more of the appoggiatura, mm-hmm. chromaticism going on. <laughs> Thank you. 
get into the third, the second, I would say third verse, the second variation of it, suddenly we are in full-on Rossini mode. <laughs> and it's every note is a triplet. I did not ask anybody to sing that as an example on this recording, only because I didn't want to make anybody... <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, and, and both voices are doing it, so... I mean, yes, a Dandini baritone mm-hmm. could do this, so that would be the way to go. If you have a Dandini baritone and, and, and a Rossini, mm-hmm. you know, a Rossini soprano... Right. Or even, I'm going to say this, even a mezzo. I've, I've, I've seen this in two different keys. Mm-hmm. In this book, it's in C major. I've also seen it in D major. So you have choices, I think. Definitely. That, knowing this, right? That makes it such a special piece, because what other opportunities are there to do that? In song repertoire? No. Very few. Exactly. Yeah. So even if you want to f- do this as a solo piece, it, it, it was also written as a solo piece. Yeah. This is a great one for anybody that has that coloratura in them, too. Yes. Yeah. We wanted to give you a couple of options with the languages. So we've, we've had German, we've had Spanish, and now we're going to talk about English, which... You know, when was the last time we got to do duets in English either? No. Because even in, even in the opera repertoire, I don't think there's any gala thing that we would do. Oh, yeah. Unless it would be like a Fledermaus duet. Or music theater, you know, like what, what we would call old school or... <laughs> right. Or Phantom of the Opera. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my face straight here. Okay. She said it, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So we're talking English this time. And I think many people have heard of Amy Beach. Mm-hmm. I feel like she has become standard repertoire. At least some of her songs have become oh, yeah. standard repertoire, right? Definitely. But I think this duet is a little bit on... I want to call this like fancy Amy Beach. Right? <laughs> so this is a Canadian boat song. And this is... You, as you can see, this is definitely written for soprano and baritone mm-hmm. and would not work, I don't think, in any other configuration. Mm-hmm. Because you really need the expansion, especially when you get to the chorus of Row Brothers Row. Mm. The chords are so full. It feels kind of Puccini-esque mm-hmm. to me. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I agree. I, I think even the piano part. Mm-hmm. Oh, the piano part is just... I could listen just to that. <laughs> right? The chord structure is so beautiful. And it looks, as a pianist, it looks on the page like the flower duet from Madame Butterfly mm. to me. That's probably why I love it. That's probably why you love it. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you hear this duet and you hear these two voices together, it's tonal, it's satisfying, and completely accessible to any modern audience. And I would say to even to non-classical audiences, this would be very, very accessible. Definitely. If we're talking any of these songs for a level, I would say the only one that I would not see for, for younger singers would be the Viardo, only because of the demands of the coloratura. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, I feel like everything else could be sung by everybody, including the Cornelius. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the anthology is chock full of enough things that it's worth 
while to purchase and have on your bookshelves to give to your students or sing yourself. And purchase information for the Cornelius, most of this is actually available on IMSLP. I try to avoid that if I can, but this I couldn't find a, a copy to purchase. If I find that, we will put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But definitely the Joy's Abiding book is available at Classical Vocal Reprints. So we will absolutely have that link Mm -hmm. in the show notes. And otherwise, have a great holiday season. See you next year. So Lit Song Lit is taking a little holiday break. But have no fear, we will be back on January 19th. Musical performances for this episode were performed by soprano Hannah Wolf and baritone Micah Madison and recorded at Carnegie Mellon University's Music Department Recording Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Purchase information for the scores discussed in this episode are available in the show notes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find this podcast. So Lit Song Lit is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org slash podcasts. Are you craving incredible song recitals? Are you interested in a behind-the-scenes view into professional songmaking at the highest levels of artistry? Are you looking to develop your own artistic and entrepreneurial skills as a classical musician in this ever-changing 21st century landscape? If you found yourself saying yes to any of those questions, look no further than Cincinnati Song Initiative's week-long program, The Fellowship of the Song. Taking place this year from May 19 through 26, The Fellowship brings together some of the country's brightest song performers and teachers for a week of classes, concerts, and study events. And we invite you to join us as an auditor, either in person in Cincinnati or online wherever you may be located. When you join the fellowship as an auditor, you gain instant access to the entire week's events and can go back and relive the magic through HD video recordings of each and every session. To learn more about this incredible new opportunity, visit CincinnatiSongInitiative.org slash audit.